it's such a drumbeat for the entire genre that I felt like when it was released, everyone just stopped what they're doing and looked at it and went, oh, that's the pace we have to keep up at. And that kind of set the tone for the next decade. Welcome to Long Live the Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live the Music. I'm Cal Hawk, Editor-in-Chief at itsalldead.com. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Very excited to uh, celebrate a very special album today that's turning 10 years old. We're going to be talking about uh, Suburbia. I've given you all and now I'm nothing from the Wonder Years. It's an album that's very near and dear to my heart. And it's also very near and dear uh, to somebody else's heart who's on the show today. Kyle Schultz, my partner in crime. Kyle, this is your first time on uh long live the music since we rebranded welcome well thank you it's a it's a big old honor <laughs> yeah well it's you know this album the 10-year anniversary snuck up on me i feel like it was just like last year when i wrote the five-year anniversary of this and you know if you've been coming to our site for any length of time if you've been listening to the show for a while you know that um, the wonder years is kind of a band that's been center to you know everything that we've kind of been about especially in the early days of it's all dead and um we've podcasted on before nadia who isn't here today um she's also a huge wonder years fan so we've had a lot of fun over the years kind of like diving into this band but but kyle you know when you and i met this was the album of theirs that was out it was the album i think both of us were like really into at the time and i feel like when i think back to the start of our friendship this is an album that is like kind of core to it because when you this album is like such a an experience it's like a shared experience the content of what this album is is something that when you meet somebody else that like gets it there's like a connection and i am i making it up that that was like a part of like our our friendship in the early days no there's a a solid chance this was the first thing we ever talked about uh and i think it's one of the first concerts we went to they came into indianapolis yeah, that's right. When we, uh, you know, we launched the site and the podcast two years later. So that was the year The Greatest Generation came out, the album that followed it. And that was a, you know, kind of the the central thing that I feel like we were we were talking about that fall, that summer and fall as we were launching the site. But, you know, a couple of years ago, we did our uh, decade wrap up of, you know, the best 30 albums of the decade. Um, Suburbia, I've given you all and now nothing landed at, at number two on our list. So, all that set up to say this this album is is really important to both of us, and I know it's important to a lot of a lot of you that listen as well. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're just it's going to be kind of a relaxed conversation of just kind of reminiscing about an album that I think is really special to the scene and uh, kind of a touchstone for a very specific period of time um, in the scene and pop punk in general. I, I want to start off, Kyle, because this is an album. I, I talk about this like. There's albums that you remember where you were the first time you listened to it. This is one of those for me. Like I can tell you every detail about the night that I listened to this album. Take me back when you first heard it. Do you have an early memory of when you first played this album? Yeah. Um, so uh, the first time I heard it, it's actually the first album I ever actually like, pre-ordered because I want it delivered uh, immediately. <laughs> and yeah. um I remember the first time Local Man Ruins Everything, when the first single was released, uh, I was actually in Chicago um, with my girlfriend's family, and we were just kind of hanging around, and I saw it pop up, and 
pulled out a laptop and just, I had to stream it right away. And I was just listening to it over and over. And I remember them just kind of sitting there uh, watching me be by myself. <laughs> and um, that summer when it came out, it was a transition period for me between uh, graduating college and before I'd gotten a job in Indianapolis. Uh, so I was just living at home with my parents. And when it finally arrived, I just went up to my bedroom and uh, threw it in and it never stopped playing the entire summer. It's like the entire album uh, was just talking about what I was going through at the time. Yeah. So you you actually had a, an, you know, you knew of the Wonder Years before this album, and you were even into the the Upsides, their first album before this, right? Yeah, I think I found the Upsides like a month after it came out. Um, I, I'd heard about them before. I think in Alternative Press put out like one of those articles of like the next bands you need to know, and uh, I remember kind of reading that description, being interested. So I I'd heard some of their music before, um, and then the Upsides came out, and I just stumbled across it in a hot topic and decided to buy it. And uh, I put it in the C player while leaving uh, the mall. And I actually had to stop and pull off into uh, like the side of the road and just listen to the first couple songs because it blew me away so much. That's incredible. So, yes. I, I, I was obsessed with them immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because before suburbia came out, I was, familiar with the name the wonder years and i was aware of their album the upsides i'd never listened to it and you know it came out a year prior and i i've talked about this so much in relation to suburbia but 2010 i went through a divorce uh my life kind of turned upside down and i had this like year-long stretch where like it's like this one period of my life where i can't differentiate days or times like i was just in a dark place in my life for basically a year and like, it's almost like a lost year in terms of like music that came out because I can't, I, you know, I'm music is such a central part of my life and I'm able to pinpoint periods so specifically with it. But that, that stretch of my life of, you know, 2010 into early 2011, is just like a black hole where I can't really, I, I can't go back and like figure out like what, what was happening. Um, and, and so I kind of missed out on the upsides and it probably wouldn't have resonated with me, uh, very much anyway at that particular time but what i remember most is suburbia comes out and so it's june 2011 and i'm on the other side of this at this point i'm back in a place of like i'm picking myself up i'm stepping back out into the world it's like almost like i lived in a cave for a year and like now i'm i'm going to like try again and um i remember it came out because everybody on the internet was talking about it like absolute punk specifically that website i just remember like it was like this is the day this album is here it's the best thing that's ever happened and it was such a the you know the outpouring of love about this at the moment of its release was so big it was like well i just got to buy it so i i don't remember if i bought it off itunes or amazon music or something but i downloaded it because um, i'm like I, I hadn't even listened to a song but i was like if this is that big of a deal i gotta hear it and so i went out and got in my car and it was late at night and I just drove around. I was living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. And I drove around the city listening to this album. And uh, it's funny because that time hop popped up a, a memory the other day on the uh, the anniversary of the album. Because I like pulled over. <laughs> Similar to you, I pulled over to the side of the road. And I wrote this Facebook post from my phone. Um, driving around Louisville in the middle of the night. Listening to the Wonder Years sing the soundtrack of my life. Because I remember listening to this album. Hearing Soupy's words and being like 
was he like watching me for the past year? Like, was he like writing an album <laughs> about like my life? Like I've never had an experience where I felt like so seen by an album before. Like I, I was just like, this has to be about me because I don't know how it could be so specifically about uh, these things that I've been going through. And so that's something that's kind of always stuck with me. And, and even, you know, years later, I look back at that and I'm like, I can't believe how important that moment was for me and how important that album was. Um, and and we're, we'll talk about that because I think the funny thing is, is it wasn't just me. And I think that's what made that album so special is because it captured the feeling of like an entire generation of people, this kind of malaise uh, that we felt once we were out into the world and all these things that had been promised to us by our parents, the previous generation that they'd experienced weren't there. And it's like, we're, we're figuring out this world that, um, that the people before us really didn't have to navigate. So, um, I don't know, that's a lot <laughs> to unpack, but I, you know, I mean, do you get that vibe as well that when people talk about, especially these early albums from the wonder years, it's such a personal experience. Um, no, I, I think it's definitely a shared experience. Um, it, it's something that, at least for me, the albums followed my transition uh, really growing up. Um, I graduated college in 2010, and my last semester of, uh, I had just graduated, or is getting ready to graduate, I think. it It's all hazy at this point. But uh, when The Upsides came out, my last semester was the first song I'd heard, and it just hit everything I felt about a uh, college at the time and it just immediately grabbed me. And um, I think a lot of people around our age group were going through the same uh, process or something near it. And it's just, it, the lyrics are so specific and so generic in a weird way where it fit almost every situation, but you found uh, the specifics of exactly what was happening in your life at the time. Um, even uh, Suburbia, the Woke Up Older, uh, I was a year out from having broken up with a girl named Jess and hearing those lyrics, I'm like, oh my God, he's following me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think back to like, again, when we met working at Angie's List, you know, there was like this communal sense from a lot of us of like, we're out of college we're working this like kind of crappy call center job. None of us are doing like this thing that we just spent tens of thousands of dollars to like do with our lives of like, go to college and live your dream. And then you get out and you're working in a call center um, and everybody's in debt. Everybody's kind of like in and out of like crappy relationships and just trying to figure out like, okay, we all had this picture in our head of what life looks like to like step out into the adult world. And this is not that picture. And so like now we're just going to have to like, we're going to have to make this work. We're going to have to like figure it out. And I think that that was something that just so many people felt and they captured that feeling and especially the feeling of how you thought you would feel when you went back home. Um, the world that you knew growing up and going back and just the, uh, I don't even know the right word to capture that, what that feeling is, but you know it, if you felt it, if you've ever left home and then come back home and everything's kind of like the way it was, but it's really not because you've changed. And that's a feeling that's like so identifiable. And I think that they captured it so well on this. And that's part of what made it, I think, so legendary in the moment. Now, the, the other thing about this album is that it was like this uh, moment right in the middle of, at that period, that time's pop 
punk revival, which is hilarious because I was thinking it was like, how many pop punk revivals have we had at this point? Because like even now in the past year, there's been a pop punk revival with TikTok. It's like pop punk is always reviving, I guess. But that specific time of around 2010, 2011, there was a change where pop punk was coming back with a completely different sound. It had kind of like shed that sort of radio sheen that it had uh, with the previous generation of bands. And this was more of like a raw existential uh, emotional, I don't want to call it analog, but you know, it's just kind of a, a little bit more gritty uh, type of pop punk. And you had all these bands like fireworks and uh, polar bear club, the story so far into it over at such gold, uh, real friends would come along. And there, there was this thing happening in that, that scene. And the, and the one year is kind of like planted the flag. I feel like right in the middle of it with this album. Is that, is that how you felt at the time? Um, more or less, I actually think they started off two different versions of pop punk, like within the same scene, uh, because after the upsides, it seemed like there was a wave of bands putting out like happy music. They weren't focusing on, uh, you know, breakups or relationships or anything. It was more just like self care and, uh, trying to look at the world from like a good light. And I feel like that spawned its own genre. And then once that had kind of taken root, um, there was almost you know, an adverse reaction by like the Wonder Years and other bands and uh, who were kind of right in the middle of that. Um, because The Upsides is a very poppy album. It's very, it sounds fun. Uh, you know, if you weren't listening to the lyrics, you're just like, oh, everyone's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Suburbia, I what shocked me at first is that it was completely the different sound. Instead of focusing on like, uh, you know, trying to, find self-care in the middle of, you know, just kind of a full-on collapse or trying to find your own version of adulthood by following your dreams and stuff. It seemed like it was a generation ahead where it had already found that piece. And instead it's looking back in reflection and finding kind of not only where uh, they went wrong the first time, but reflecting on it and seeing how they could grow. And that's what made it sounds so unique and so uh biting yeah that's that's a really great point maybe the reason i feel the way that i do is because it's funny because 2010 2011 is almost like this gap period because like you know fallout boy paramore there were a bunch of big bands that had proceeded up to this moment that were kind of like uh on hiatus or it just felt like the she- the scene was gonna have to figure out what happens next and then you've got this wave of bands kind of forefronted by the Wonder Years. And I, I remember going to Warp Tour in 2011 and being like, oh, this there it feels like there's more life here again. It feels like there's a spark. Um, and, and I feel like that's something that at least propelled the scene uh, through that next decade, at least. Um, and, and even though we can look now and see that it's a completely different landscape for all kinds of reasons, it was this moment where things could have kind of fizzled, but I feel like the one years along with a lot of other bands kind of stepped in and, and filled the void, at least in my memory. That's, that's kind of what, what sticks out. No, I, I definitely agree with you because, um, you know, when I think when we were really into the genre, it, right up until about 2005, it seemed like it was, um, you know, just moving full steam ahead. And then there was this collapse and then you had a, a couple bands, like you said, like Paramore and Fall Out Boy kind of, trickling through uh my chemical romance kind of managed to keep it going a little bit and then it seemed like they all just went away for a while and there was just nothing and then out of nowhere wonder years appear and just 
kicked everyone in the teeth. <laughs> it, it was just, it was so distinct that I feel like it completely and utterly revitalized the entire genre. And anyone who is listening really heard that and went, Oh, like why, how has this never been done before? You, and it's weird because pop punk's one of those things that, you know, on a base level, every album, every band sounds exactly the same. But when you hear something that just is a different level, it stick, it makes you stop what you're doing. Yeah. hundred percent. And, um, I, I couldn't have said it better. And, and kind of like I talked about that previous generation of pop punk sounding a little more polished. I mean, even when I think about like 09, 2010 coming into 2011, sort of the, that new scene metalcore movement had kind of taken over, uh, the warp tour circuit. And even that was like really polished in a way, whereas what the wonder years did, um, at least with this album and, uh, you know, the greatest generation just sounded a lot more raw, a lot more real. Um, and of course we can't talk about this album again without talking about that three album arc. And we've talked about this almost ad nauseum, I feel like over the course of time <laughs> with it's all dead. Um, but that really was like something special. Like, and, and we talked about like, you know, Julian Baker's first three albums, Kendrick Lamar's th- first three albums. When you talk about like somebody coming out of the gate and just like dropping the hammer you know, you can't not talk about the Wonder Years with the Upside, Suburbia, and the Greatest Generation. Like that, that three album run was not only so well done just in terms of the output, but the arc that they did with those three albums was was just so incredible. And Suburbia is kind of like the centerpiece that holds those two sides together. And one of the things I was thinking about before we started tonight is, um, you know, we, we've talked about the the albums that the Wonder Years have released, um, you know, the the past few years, and they've kind of like uh, it's almost like they've zoomed out. The, the Wonder Years have a much wider lens, I feel like now than they did um, during the you know the suburbia greatest generation time, where it's a little bit more looking at things from a broad point of view. But you're a huge fan of uh, Aaron West and Roaring Twenties, which is Dan Campbell's side project, and you, you've been such a huge fan of that. And I feel like that's where Dan took that part of his art that very focused. And I know that it's kind of a fictional story, but there's, there's personal elements to that. Whereas the one years kind of like shed that in a way to like address some bigger, like larger issues. And I, I was just wondering if like, that's one of the things that appealed to you about Aaron West and the roaring twenties, because it, it keeps that kind of same vein of like a very personal experiential uh, type angle to the, to the music and the lyrics. No, definitely. That's, um, that's at least part of why uh, I feel like that's so special because the, uh, the one of your, those three albums, what makes them really uh, click together is the fact that there's the same theme running through, like it starts young and then it advances. There's, uh, you know, characters, there's some of their friends that they mention. You find out what they're doing along the way, um, how they're advancing through their lives and everything. And the newer albums that the Wonder Years have put out are, I still like them, but they don't have that intimacy um, because it, it is a little too broad. It's the storytelling isn't nearly as tight. It's not um, as focused. And the thing about Aaron West is it focuses on one character and his relationships. And it follows some of the same, some similar ground, you know, like, um, you know, trouble relationships and just kind of cracking and breaking. But because it's fictionalized, he can go a bit deeper with the concept of like alcoholism and depression and stuff like that. But uh, as you go from album to album, you see the same growth. Like you see the first album, 
uh, you know, you watch Aaron just do total collapse. It's the most depressing thing I've ever heard, but there's still a charm to it because you can tell it's part of a storyline. Mm. And then, uh, um, the follow-up album, you see him, he's already hit rock bottom. There's no further way to go. So from there on out, it's nothing but growing himself. And you see, uh, how he's taking all these things that have broken him and focusing to become something really special. And even though by the end of the second album, there's still trouble in his life, uh, you can definitely see the growth and how well he's handling it and how he's going to project that into the future to become a better person. And I, I really think that's an offshoot of where these albums came from. And as much as I love Aaron West, uh, that wouldn't be possible without Suburbia. Yeah, no question. I, I can't believe it took me so long to kind of like thread that together. <laughs> it was like literally right before we started. I was like, this makes sense <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the best songs from Suburbia. Um, because this is an album I can literally listen to from front to back. Um, I, I don't really have a, a desire to skip around when I listen to it. But if I were to pick out songs, there's certainly some some great ones. Um, you mentioned Woke Up o- Older. I, I feel like that has to be considered the best song on this album. Um, is, is that fair? I I hold it in praise. Uh, I love that song. Um, it, it's not my personal favorite, but it's one of those that it somehow has all the energy that you expect from this band and focuses it into one uh, like storyline of one relationship. And it's an amazing song. Uh, and like you said, I don't really skip over anything when I go through this, but um, as much as I love it, I don't know if it's my favorite song. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's just so good. There's so many good songs on, on here. I'd hear an argument for a lot of them, but like, just in a vacuum, Woke Up Older is a song I could even hear out of context and would have, it would have resonated with me at the time. <laughs> um, but those lines of, I woke up older carrying two years in the bags under my eyes, I mean, that's a great line. Like, Dan Campbell was just, like, firing on all cylinders on this album. Oh, yeah. and even the times where, like, he's so specific about, like, you know, and this is one of the things he's so great at. I stacked a Bukowski novel on a blacklisted LP. Like, he'll get, like, so granular but you you can visualize it and you can see yourself in that in that same spot doing that same thing. He just has a magic about him of being able to do that. Um, and it's on full display on that song. Um, I, I basically so I'll just write down the five songs. I wrote down five that I feel like stick out and resonate with me the most. So woke up older. I won't say the Lord's Prayer. I feel like that's a forgotten song because it feels in a way it's almost out of place on the album. I mean, it makes sense in the context of like you're driving around your hometown and thinking about all these things that have always been there, but in a different light. Um, and, and it captures, I think the, the frustrations and anger that the, the band has. And in that context, it's a, it's a beautiful, incredible song and it's a perfect display of how they can be really powerful in quiet moments and then build and make the loud moments even more effective. Um, I've got, don't let me cave in. Came Out Swinging is like one of the all-time great opening pop-punk tracks in my mind. <laughs> like just the way that it it builds up and then just punches you in the mouth with that. Moved all my shit into my parents' basement and out of my old apartment. I know things change, but I'm not sure when. Um, There's a, I think that might be my favorite, possibly my favorite Wonder Years song. Um, that's the song I listen to when I need to 
pump myself up for something. Um, yeah. I, I love thematically where it's that bridge between the upsides and suburbia and really kind of sets the pace. But it's also, I remember the first time when they're going into the outro and you hear the guitar lick from uh, the upsides from my last, oh, yeah. my last semester where it just, it's sprinkled in there and you would only notice it if you're familiar with the older album. And it's just, I remember the first time I heard that and it just, it gave me goosebumps how well it was done. Yeah. I mean, from a lyrical perspective, that, that chorus of I spent this years a ghost and I'm not sure what I'm looking for. Like, again, that was like, it's broad enough to like, you know, reach all kinds of people. But in that moment in my life, I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, that's exactly how I feel. And somebody finally like put it into words. Um, and so this is just another one of those songs. Like I just the minute this album starts, having never heard this band before, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to. This is going to be a big, a big part of my life. Um, and then the the fifth one I wrote down was "My Life as a Pigeon," and this is the song that I pulled over to the side of the road for. Um, at, at the time, I was working overnight shifts, and then on the weekends I would work double shifts. And so this idea of you know this is how I'm spending six a.m. scraping ice off a windshield and freezing. I'm late for work again, another double shift. Uh, there's so many things again, just lines on this album where I'm like, that's what I'm going through right now. Is like Dan Campbell like following me around no we're just all going through the same stuff and, and he's <laughs> writing about it but um yeah I, what are what are some other songs that maybe i didn't mention uh from the album that uh you know you think of when you think of this album uh my life as a pigeon is definitely one of those that struck me the hardest at the time i was working at panera bread and i was working double shifts and i remember before this came out uh the winter that year i'd just been outside scraping off my car and just like what am i doing with my life yeah man <laughs> um for me i i think uh coffee eyes is definitely one that doesn't get a lot of recognition either yeah and for me that was really important just because at the time i felt like i was kind of the last man standing in my hometown um everyone i knew had kind of gone their own directions we weren't seeing each other very much but uh you know every six months or something uh everyone just kind of come together on a random weekend and it seemed like nothing had changed there. We were all together again. And then we just dispersed back to the four winds. And it, that one was really important to me because it just reminded me like, you know, no matter how lonely you feel at any point, there's always a home you're going to come back to where uh, it's never going to quite be the same, but that's where the people you love are. And again, so specific yet so relatable. He starts this album singing $2.27, January 17th, 2006. Like, that's a really specific thing. But then he follows it here in a diner with my friends talking about how the year went. And then you can, you're like, yeah, like my receipt probably wasn't $2.27 and it wasn't January 17th, 2006. But like that <laughs> moment, like we've had that moment. Like I know that moment. You know what I mean? Like that. that's yeah. the that's the beauty of this album. Yeah, no, I, uh, all it, all of these are fantastic. <laughs> um, they really local, are. Local Man Ruins Everything is one of my just favorite songs. Um, I don't feel like it has that same kind of universal feeling, but it's a little more specific just to Subi, which is kind of why I like it because it stood out to me where it has similar emotion that you can relate to, but it seems like it's a much more specific event for him. And I like that because it, it stood out to me that I'm like, Oh, I, I understand what he's going through, even though if it, it's not my story as much as I feel like the rest of the album is. Right. 
And we've talked about that song quite a bit, and it's such a, a central album, I feel like, to that time period, because coming out of the upsides, and then Dan Campbell, suddenly this person that people like want like sage advice from about, I'm not happy, like, what wh- what can I do? And, and his response is this song where he's saying, I'm not a self-help book, I'm just a fuck-up kid, you know, like, I'm, I'm in this just like you are. Um, it, it's these moments, like, individually that we're all trying to, to figure out for ourselves, um, and I, I'm doing the best the best version of that that I can. And that that's kind of, um, you know, really, you know, we've taken this long to bring that up, but it's kind of like a very central moment to not only this album, but this period of time for the wonder years. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, the, the last song I wanted to mention is, um, and now I'm nothing, which at the time I felt like it wrapped up this album very well. Like it brought all the themes together. And I remember the first time I heard it thinking that's the best, closing song on an album i've ever heard and little did i know just a couple years later i just want to sell it my funeral would come around <laughs> yeah man it, it really is incredible that that like wasn't the bookend you know like because it could be and it's a great ending to this album but then when you hear the greatest generation and uh, i want to sell it my funeral it's just like oh my god like this band just did something truly amazing so um so yeah we you know here we are gushing about the the wonder years again um, I already mentioned we put it in number two on our best albums of the decade list. It was number five on Rock Sound's 51 most essential pop punk albums of all time. Um, and a lot of people have been talking about it this week, you know, after after 10 years. Where where do you feel like the album stands now? Um, and and I, it's funny because like right before this, uh, there was the 20th anniversary of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket uh, by Blink-182. The scene has had like these decades of like great moments and great music, the pop punk genre in general of course there's all the the shitty stuff that we've uh that we've dug into as well but the, there's a lot <laughs> of like really seminal moments that came from this this genre where do you put suburbia how do you think about it do you think of it as one of the five great pop punk albums of all time oh definitely um no it, it's one of those albums that i'm trying to think how to put this it's uh when you mentioned it was its 10 year anniversary, I had two immediate reactions, which is it's already 10. And then immediately following that was how is it only 10? Yeah. It, it feels so universal. It feels like it's been around for so long. Um, it, it feel it's definitely a staple of the genre. Um, it's something that if someone asked me, give me one album to listen to, I would, possibly consider this over almost anything else where it's just the themes are so universal the uh music is so raw and aggressive but it fits the tone um and it it really is the first time as good as the upsides were suburbia is the first time when we heard the wonder years it really cemented uh what they were going for and what they wanted to be and it's the second time in a row that they utterly stopped people uh in their tracks to listen to it and it's the first time that uh, I feel like they really found what they were. And it's such a uh, drumbeat for the entire genre that I felt like when it was released, everyone just stopped what they're doing and looked at it and went, oh, that's the pace we have to keep up at. Yeah. And that kind of set the tone for the next decade. Dude, you nailed it. It, that's and that's why we're talking about it is that it's not just an album that came out 10 years ago it was a moment where like everybody crowded around and had an experience and we shared that together and i think that's that's the thing that sticks out 
so much in my mind along with just the personal uh, experience I had with it. So yeah, definitely a, a really great moment. And you know, you were talking about that show we went to together. I can't remember how many times we saw the wonder years, but I do the show you're talking about. I think I remember in that exact show at the Irvington uh, theater and um, man, how much do you miss like just going how many times all these like club like shitty venues uh standing in our our sweaty little clothes watching bands play <laughs> our feet hurt because we're standing on you know worn out chuck taylors with uh, no padding on the bottom I'm, i miss that <laughs> i know <laughs> like you think about stuff in your head you think about going to a show like that and you're like oh what a miserable experience like if you just put it down on paper but like actually that experience uh and doing that with you is something i really miss so i just wanted to bring that up well thank you no it's a uh... It's one of my favorite memories, and especially because at the time, you know, we were still uh, new friends. So we're just like, oh, this is a show. You want to go? Yes, I want to (laughs) go. It was kind of those early, uh, it was like the early dating days, you know. Um, (laughs) All the excitement was still there. We hadn't tired out on each other yet. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Well, dude, thank you for doing this. This was a blast. I, I will take any chance I get to like reminisce about uh suburbia i've given you all and now i'm nothing what a, what a great album uh kyle thank you for taking time to to come on tonight and talk about it absolutely sir that is going to do it for today's show if you like what you heard come visit our website it's all dead.com follow us on social media we're on twitter we're on facebook come see what we're talking about what we're doing and of course subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend about it we would love that uh that's going to do it for now i'm kyle hawk and we'll catch you next time Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at It's All Dead. And of course, come visit our website, itsalldead.com.